0: We're losing! Teamwork, guys, more teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, Between the Stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast.
1: Here's Art and Caleb. Oh my goodness. It is July 15th. Art Aronson here alongside Caleb Kirby. And it's been... Just over four months now since our last podcast. What's happened in the last four months, Caleb Kirby?
0: Shit's gone down, Art. Uh, So, (laughs) the biggest thing... put it bluntly,
1: shit's gone down. uh, That little thing called COVID-19 happened. Yeah, that was a real bitch. Uh, We were obviously saddled with staying at home. Yes. There was no NHL. Yes. There was no Canucks. That's true. One of us made the accurate decision to not go on with the podcast and you know before we like get into it all I just want to commend everybody in the hockey community Canucks community, reporting community to continue to work during that time when there was
0: really nothing to talk about right? Uh, I got mixed feelings about that. Oh really? Yeah I'll commend the people that are doing their job that's fine but a lot of that noise didn't need to be made out there I thought See, I have a different take on that.
1: I think that it's fun to talk
0: hockey, right? It's totally fun to talk hockey art, but when there is more important things going on in the world, yes, I think we need to, you know, give that platform uh, some breathing room for those things to transpire. Okay. So, I mean, I I I was pretty happy with how you know the the Black Lives Matter uh, movement has gone. On Twitter and continues to continues to uh, move forward. But I just like a, a lot of like the self-promotion and just quips and stuff like that about the Canucks. In a time where literally nothing was going on. like It, it just came across as noise to me. And I, I was annoyed by it at some point. You don't think that people needed a distraction? No. I, I think that these social issues that have happened over the last four months are very important. You know, and to be honest, I'm a little ashamed of myself that it took a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic, and, um, you know, a lack of any type of sport for people to, like, wake up and pay a little bit of attention to these social issues that have been plaguing us for as long as, you know, we've we've been a human race.
1: It also took video of a police
0: officer killing a man in broad daylight as well. Well, I know. And that's disgusting. Like, that's my point is like, I got to be honest. I was a little like upset with myself being like, dude, like, this is finally what it's going to take for you to like acknowledge these things and and look at this through this lens. And, and, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, I, 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 asked myself would I have, you know, cared as much as I do now, if I was going to work day in and day out, making that commute and then coming home and watching sports, right? Like and being honest with myself about that, it's like would I have, you know, taken the mantle up as much as I have in these last few months to to really open my eyes to some of these issues if that was going on? And I think that's maybe a question that we're
1: about to get again cuz these leagues are restarting, the world is reopening again. Yeah. Are you comfortable with the NHL restarting
0: right now? They're doing it, right? Yeah, everybody's so, doing it. too much money I'm not, I'm is not, on the table. I, I'm not saying I'm comfortable with it. They're doing it, and I'm 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 at a point now where I mean I'm happy about it. It's something for us to talk about. We're both passionate about hockey, right? Um, you know, if the COVID cases spike and everything like that, we're rather going to see a delay in this, or th- probably this just scrubbed all together. So I, to me, there are so many factors at play
1: when we're thinking about this. Of course we want hockey to be back. We are sports nuts. We want every league to restart again. Yeah. But you have this health thing on the side of it. You got COVID-19, which in America, over 135,000 people have died from it. Uh, here in Canada, not as many, obviously, not as many people. Worldwide, you know, there's been a lot of deaths. I don't know the exact number, so I won't say it here, but a-, a significant amount of deaths, a significant amount of cases. And then you have on the other side of that social justice human lives you know society at a tipping point
0: and well, yeah i mean we like have, racism we ha- right racial tensions and and social inequality for a lot of people and having their voices heard and i mean like it's it's been eye-opening in a lot of ways for me personally and, and given me time to reflect on it right and um Like, I don't want to see this stuff go by the wayside because leagues are starting up, right? And I already, you already kind of see it in certain social media channels. It's like, now with this stuff coming back, those people who haven't had a voice in so long, you don't want those voices to be drowned out anymore. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I stopped tweeting from, you know, from our account between the Stammers and from my own personal account for quite a while. Because, I mean, the more noise that's produced from different people out there, the more, the less breathing room that these issues have uh, online. And, you know, like when you look at media, like mainstream media versus uh, what you see on on Twitter and other places, sometimes those messages are very different. I mean, with a lot of this policing, these police brutality and stuff, like the images you saw on Twitter versus the images you saw on your local news feed pretty starkly contrast each other. Right. So, I mean, I do think that this is important and I do think this is something that we need to continually acknowledge as we move forward because it's not over. And uh, my my concern is, uh, you know, now that we're coming back with hockey and now that you and I are addressing hockey is we need to stay vigilant on on that other stuff. Continuing.
1: Let's let's like think about this.
0: Caleb Kirby and I have not been in the
1: office together in over four months. Yeah, This is the first time we're seeing each other. Um, a lot has happened in that four months. And maybe, and I and I heard this. I heard this from one sports athlete. It, it kind of, it, it stuck with me. And I wonder what you think about it. His quote was, sports is a luxury of a functioning society. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so should we really be getting back to sports right now when they're, is the rest of society, the rest of the world,
0: in utter chaos. The, the whole construct of, like, and this is getting a little, like, philosophical, philosophical here, yeah. but, like, the whole construct of society means different things to different people. You know, like, us with, you know, a lot of privilege in our lives, we get to enjoy sports as a, as a nice distraction from everything that's going on. And there's a lot of people that make a lot of money off sports – that use this as a distraction from other issues, and they benefit off it. These owners, these leagues, everything else, they're making money off this stuff, television deals. Um, and I love, like, I love sports. I just don't want to, you know, drown out what what else is happening. Like, I, I respect, I have so much respect for what's happening right now. I'm so happy there's this mantle of, of our generation and generations younger than us picking up this fight and and trying to make a difference out there and when these uh, comforts like sports come back or these distractions, however you want to classify it, I think that we all need to be very vigilant about making sure that we don't uh, diverge our attention from the other things that are going on don't don't be blind to social injustice don't tune out social injustice because it is happening and stay on top of these issues while maybe enjoying your, your sports because they're still there I, I, I don't know if I can frame that better.
1: I th- I think I would think that was fine, man. Okay. And I think we talked about it before we, uh, during this four months of, not doing anything, I think you and I both said it at some point. Like we're comfortable with the season being over.
0: Yes, we both said that. Yeah. I think we even said that on our last podcast before we ended up just shutting it down. Yeah. Yeah. So, but here we are. There's too much money at stake. The
1: the TV money alone and the ads that they can sell on TV, like we're going to see like those virtual ads on TV like crazy on on the ice. Right. And oh, we're, yeah. and you know, like there's going to be long stop sets, I think, because they can sell a lot because they know people are going to be inside watching hockey during the summer. Yep. OK, well, we kind of got that philosophical stuff. Well, it's not f-
0: some of it got there, but, I mean, right. I think it's very important to it address,
1: right? Like- and, th- and this is coming from the biggest sports fans. You're the biggest sports fan I know.
0: Well, you're the biggest sports fan I know. So We're just a couple of guys
1: who love our sports, for sure. Uh, Rich Brown, who's also a contributor to Between the Stammers, he feels the same way. I don't want to put words into his mouth, but we've had many conversations about this as well, that he's not exactly comfortable with sports returning either, so... But it's, it's tough because this is what we talk about on this podcast. Yeah. Sports. Um, Canucks. So much has happened. And for, it seems like so much has happened, but nothing has really happened. Well,
0: nothing has really happened all that much <laughs> until the last probably week and a half, I'd say. Okay, I want to I start off with this
1: question for you. And I know this. We, we You haven't been tweeting much about the Canucks at all. I, I saw a tweet from you in the last week. It was regarding the Brock Besser rumors. What, over this four-month span, has bothered you the most about Canucks Twitter?
0: Like I said, just the the people obsessed with the Canucks when there's absolutely no news and there's other just major issues going on in the world. I see people still talking about, like, Jim Benning versus Mike Gillis. It's like, who cares? Right? The fire Benning hashtags and all that stuff. Like, that stuff did not need to go on at that point in time. And now that we're Getting back into the Canucks, starting to play, and this league resuming—you know, like we're actually getting legitimate news—and I'm totally okay with that, right? Like uh, um, the Jack Rathbone stuff, I thought was very interesting. The fact that we signed him and uh, and how highly touted he was, and and that uh, association with Bracket, the Bracket news in and yeah. of itself was very interesting, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Just think of all the things that have gone down. The Judd Bracket stuff.
1: Yeah. uh Obviously, the the Brock Besser rumors. Uh, but I'll get to that. Yeah, the, but like the number, uh, the roller coaster ride that has been Canucks Twitter in the last four months. I've just been a viewer of it, and I've been I've been asked a few times by some people, how come you're not like commenting on it? I'm just like, there's no hockey right now. Yeah, it's a lot of it is just conversation, like you said, that doesn't need to happen. When we have so many more important things to talk yeah, about.
0: Yeah, that's how I felt. And but now that we're nearing it, let's ramp it up and and get going on it. So what do you want to talk about?
1: Well, I, I asked you what pissed you off the most, and
0: I, I, should we talk about Judd Brackett? Or is yeah, that let's so talk far about it. in our rearview mirror. I I well, it is in our rearview mirror. But first and foremost, I it did kind of piss me off a little bit with the Judd Brackett stuff because I just thought it got a bit out of hand. Yeah. Right. And these, these conflicting reports about what he's going to do. And then people just chiming in about whether like somebody's a, a bending bro or a bitter bro. And it just got that argument started up at a time where I don't think we need to have it. Judd Brackett is gone. Judd Brackett was good for the Canucks. He made some good moves. A scouting department isn't one man, right? Yeah. A scouting department is amateur and professional scouts. The Canucks have shown that they are able to do this. Maybe Judd Brackett was a, a massive piece uh, for the Canucks when that was happening Maybe he instilled a lot of the wisdom That he had to other people And not only he thought it was time to go But the Canucks thought it was time to go for him
1: Do you right? buy the whole Bracket versus banning Thing that we've been sold
0: In the media? Listen, one guy's a boss Of another guy And sometimes when you want to move on You've outgrown the position you're in Was it a fight? I don't think it was a fight necessarily, but Judd Brackett probably wanted to do more, or have more responsibility or make more money. Those are 3 things that you know you have to talk to your boss about and if your boss shuts you down on any one of those 3 things, you're probably going to want to get out of there.
1: God bless the reporting in Vancouver. Seriously, like these guys go all out. Uh, I don't agree with all of it. But we get a lot of details. Are you buying some of these rumors about how they were having it out on who who to pick? Like like there was stomp, like on one corner you're like okay they wanted to draft Pasternak and Benning wanted to draft McCann and when you have those reports that come out it creates discourse and discourse becomes animosity.
0: The Pasternak right? McCann thing for how late that was in the draft and for how many other people missed on pasta. Yeah. Whatever. You know, like at that point, even in the first round when you get that late, you are casting a pretty wide net to try and find a player that's going to work out for you. Um, So, if... if if, uh, Nikolai Ehlers
1: versus, is uh, it Jake Vertanis? Yeah. Right? That's another one. Yeah,
0: but I mean, like, I'm okay with what we have right now. We're not going to hit on every draft pick. No team is going to hit on every draft pick. Yeah. It's just the way it is. It, it just right? seems, though, like what's been reported out on
1: Canucks Twitter is Jim Benning has been all wrong with the picks that he's wanted versus
0: versus Judd Brackett he wanting the right He looked pretty pumped guy. to land uh, Quinn Hughes there, the, you know, this last year. I don't know. I I don't think it's as is it's as simple as that. But you know what? I would be pumped to have a guy like Judd Brackett on my staff who has a differing opinion of what I want to pick, but when you're in the driver's seat, the buck stops with you, right? Correct. So I mean, imagine if those roles were reversed.
1: Well, you're a GM. He's the guy that's going to get the
0: heat if the pick isn't right so of course you're gonna want your final say on it look man the drafting has been good these last few years it's been the best the canucks have ever had when it comes to drafting it's been our our best years as, as as drafting guys not only in the first and second rounds but also late in rounds right so is are we probably gonna miss bracket yeah uh yes yeah but it's not a good thing that he's going but did the Canucks feel like they had a guy like Brockett probably instill enough wisdom and have enough of those um, have enough of those factors that other people have picked up on from what he's taught everybody else to continue on without him? Maybe and who knows? Maybe Brockett wanted to go, right? Well,
1: apparently they offered him a two-year contract. Yeah,
0: and he shut it down. Yeah, uh, basically,
1: from what we've heard, is because he hasn't gotten total autonomy on picks personnel. You heard that?
0: Yeah, but why would you get
1: that? Yeah, I uh, but I, I've I, and I've heard from other. And this is why I say God bless uh, Canucks p- Twitter, Canucks podcasting. Like I, I heard an interview on uh, Canucks Conversations. Our buddies there, um, Chris Faber, and his buddy. Uh, actually, I haven't met his buddy. Quads, Quidrello. David Quaglieri. Yeah, I never. I haven't met him or talked to him. But he did an interview with uh, a, a person who covers the New Jersey Devils, a uh, reporter, and she like. Knew the ins and outs of how scouting departments work, and she says it wasn't. It's not. It's not uh, rare that a scouting department would get autonomy on personnel, and that's why she she was kind of on the side of Judd Brackett on that one. And to get that kind of in depth. You know about scouting departments Like I know when I was a kid yeah, I, didn't, but I didn't know anything You have about to look at why department.
0: Aquilini and Linden Brought Benning in here in the first place too Right, right. Benning comes from a scouting background yeah. And that's what they wanted Now if this guy thinks he can do that job And continue on that job While being a general manager He's going to want to build the scouting department The way he has it He had tremendous success with Brackett In that department Right and if it feels like it's time for a guy to move on because that wisdom has been imparted to other members of that staff, that's fine with me. You know? It's, I'm not – I don't think anything to do with Brackett and Benning is going to have Benning's head from a Canucks job at any point. It, it just turns it's, – It's all about the team that he has in front of him now utilizing those tools. And if he makes bonehead trades or bonehead signings, that's what's going to get him fired. Not his, not his drafting.
1: Yeah. I get that details matter, and people are getting more and more details in this age of information, and that's what's fueling Canucks Twitter, and especially during a time when there was no hockey going on. We were getting full-out wars on Twitter. Like, no game had been played, and it was benning. Right? Based on reports.
0: Yeah, while they were in a playoff spot. While they were in a playoff spot. You know, spot. like, this team is trending in the right direction. Yeah, we've we've said that you know? from the outset. If they dip, or if there's some problems with re-signing guys like Markstrom, yeah. um, if they're having a huge, huge uh, amount of uh, trouble alleviating cap room and have to get rid of a good young piece... Those are the moves that that, that is, is going to have Benning.
1: That's right? going to piss that's us all gonna, off. That's what's going
0: to that's what's going to get Benning fired.
1: Yeah. So let's move into that now. Have you like you've you've heard the rumors, Brock Besser? Are you buying any of these rumors because of the fact that the Canucks are in such a tough spot with the cap, which it had the buck has to stop with Benning there on some of these hefty contracts. I just think it's a dumb time out. to
0: be talking about this. If we're headed into playoffs yeah, right okay. now. Yeah. If we're headed into playoffs right now, why would anybody, first off, talk about this from the organization? Yeah. Right? Like all eyes should be on the Stanley Cup. So to leak this out at this time, I think is a little fishy. You know, maybe there was way back a long time ago, somebody was talking about moving Besser. But don't forget, Art, at the beginning of this year, Besser just signed his contract. Yeah, I know. Right? So to me, I just think it's unusual that. A team would do a 180 on a guy this quickly because they're like, oh, now we got to alleviate cap room to try and sign Toffoli. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. No. Especially when you're looking at what could potentially happen with a few of these guys at the end of this year, whether they move on. A guy like Furland is a huge question mark. Will he play these playoffs? Will he ever play again in the NHL after this season because of his injury history? Right? He missed the first two days of on-ice, uh, Practices with the Canucks already. I don't know if he was on the ice today or not, but like these are huge, huge question marks. And if that guy goes, then that money comes back, right? Yeah, there are ways that the Canucks can work around it. When everybody looks at the money right now, they get all uppity because they go on a capfriendly.com or whatever and they just see numbers on a spreadsheet. Well, there are other stipulations in contracts and other things that teams can do to try and alleviate money. Yeah, right. But if he gets in a
1: spot, like you said, he has to move. If he does have to move a good young player to alleviate cap space, that's that's fireable offense. Right? I agree. Yeah. I
0: agree. But I also think that that Brock Besser rumor is a load of crap. You do. I do. Like, I, maybe somebody said that to, um, to Sikaris. Because it was Sikaris who, who's been, like, he's the guy who's been, like, noted as starting the rumor. Yeah. You know? If it was said to him maybe a couple – like a couple months ago or something like that, you know, mid-season or anything, and he's been sitting on it for a while. That's the only way I can see this coming out um, and being truthful, you know? And I don't think it was as, as cut and dry as the Canucks have been rumored to be shopping Brock Besser, you know? It was probably one of these offhand conversations or something like that. I think it's a stupid distraction, and all it does is just... Like, like the organization said, and like and Brock said, like they don't need to be talking about this right now. They're going after a Stanley Cup, yep. you know. They're going to play in and then hopefully playoffs, and then go at it. And that's exactly what this team needs to be focusing on. I'm a firm believer in where there's smoke, there's fire. Though. I understand that, yeah. and I know you're a firm believer in it. And I, I and I don't necessarily think that something wasn't said, but I in the context of how it was reported just recently. I think it's a bunch of malarkey. And like that was the first time I think i have tweeted Canucks since yeah. we came back. I'm yeah. like, dude, we're not gonna trade Brock Besser. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: He's on Especially a br- he's right-
0: on a bridge deal yeah. that's not that much too. Right? <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. Uh if it came down to who would you rather have? Brock Besser or Tyler DeFoley?
0: Right now, Besser. Yeah. Um and and that just has a lot to do with potential and age and everything else. I think Toffoli's a great player. I want right? to do I want to keep him.
1: <laughs> I can't wait right? to see him in this playoff. I
0: know. I I want to keep I want to keep him and Besser. And I still think the Canucks have the potential to do that, right? I got
1: to go do the news.
0: <laughs> uh, one second. Continuing on this Brock Besser thing, Art. Like, I think one of the biggest things as well is you know, like with the way this team is constructed currently, what kind of a message does that send to the rest of your young core to ship a guy out of there? Like, um, especially when PD and Brock are like best friends. We've seen that before. Even PD, do you see PD's, uh, Instagram message with Brock on the, uh, on the scooter. And he wrote like one last ride, kind of like jokingly about how the media has started this shitstorm? storm. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen. I and and like I think Vancouver, the Canucks, and and the players are kind of pissed off that this even went out there a little bit, even though they're handling it just in in jest a bit. Todd Bertuzzi was on uh, Sportsnet 650 yesterday, and he touched on his time here, like uh, with the media and everything. And he's like, "Yeah, it does get to you. It gets to you when you get these rumors coming out of nowhere, or maybe you know there is some truth to them, but the the timing is ill." where you hear something about yourself and you're like, where th- Where did that come from, you know? So, it, I don't think it does anybody any favors. But no, all it does is stir up controversy for uh, competing media outlets.
1: Block the noise though. You're a professional athlete. Uh, no, I get you're that. You're a professional organization. I get that. It comes with being part of this market.
0: I get that, but there's a difference between noise for stirring up controversy and reports of actual truth. And when to drop a report, I think, is another thing, right? We're st- we're about to start competing for a Stanley Cup, right? It's not the offseason. We're not talking about trades in the offseason. We're not talking about trade deadline here. The, the Canucks are in the thick of it. Although it is an interesting year because it's, it's changed around a little bit. But, you know, we're too hard on these guys. We're too hard on Brock. We're too hard on Jake Vertanen. All the stuff that happened with Vertanen, like... While this was going on, you know the uh, the him driving thing that the NHL put up and then people were like you can't you shouldn't be recording yourself and driving Fair enough Bonehead play by Vertan in there. But some of the things that Canuck's fans were saying about him I'm like dude, he's an early 20 year old guy he's still growing up his brain's still developing like, you know, give him some time. Uh, there's a reason why people, people jumping down his throat. There's man. a reason why people,
1: you know, some players don't like playing. Exactly, in the that's market. what I'm
0: saying, yeah. right? And this kid is, a, like, in Vertanen's case, he's a local hero. hometown kid. Yeah, he's right? a local hero. Yeah, and, really. And people are jumping on him for that and for him going out to the club and, you know, like that hat he was wearing, which was hilarious—the worst crew ever hat. You know, in regards to Leipzig, but, like, I thought that was a funny shot fired, but, you That's know, funny. everybody's all mad, and, you know, clubs are legally open to everybody, you know. I didn't see a problem, really, with that, either, but then, you know, people who are supposed to be fans of this team are attacking players, you know. I attack players sometimes, too, but usually it's for what they do on the ice. If it's a bonehead play, or if I feel you're dogging it, but, like, attacking, like, character or... or. Anything that people do off-ice, I I think it's a bit of a low blow at, at certain times. Unless it's something that is, you know, completely illegal or, you know, goes to harm someone else. So players, you know, they're,
1: they're accountable now for what they do on the ice, but just as much for what they do off the ice. And that is in every professional sport. And that is a double-edged sword because you... Can market yourself off the ice and have a stellar career off the ice, as on the ice, or we'll call it on the hard court or off the hard court, or on the football field or off the baseball field, whatever. Yeah. So that's a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. Um, so,
0: you, you know, know what, man? can and
1: seeing the the bad side of that. Yeah. So, if
0: I was a pro athlete, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have social media. Right. I wouldn't. I would just be like, fuck this, fuck this all access stuff to me and my crew and and. And people who are, you know, out there looking to turn it on you all the time because those people do exist. There are a lot of people, most people, who want to just follow an athlete because they like the athlete and keep up with what they're doing and see what their offseason looks like. Maybe it's workouts. Maybe it's their, their socials or whatever. But there's some people out there that are just looking to take somebody down, right? And I think – You know, Vertanen, in this case, has learned a little bit of a lesson of, like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be sharing everything I'm doing online. And that's a valuable lesson to learn, but also, you can always just turn it off and get rid of it. It's weird, man. Like, this whole social media side thing, too. You look at a guy like LeBron James, who's so good Mm -hmm. with what he... Does online and how he talks about the game And how he talks about issues and everything And, and I think he does a fantastic Job managing all of that Stuff and do his I think, image right? do I think It's just him no I think he probably Has a pretty t- big team behind it To make sure that all this stuff is vetted And working and everything else but I like the fact that you know with What has happened over the last four months He's come out and he said certain things Other athletes they haven't said anything And they're still on social media
1: I'll tell you this, right? man. I have, and and this is one of those like you don't want to meet your heroes. This is like when we were young, there was no social media. You, it was a myth, pretty much, right? What players were like off the ice, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, off the hard court, or whatever sport it was. Uh, I know, like anybody who listens to this podcast, anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge fan of Tom Brady and the more i've learned about that guy off the field the less i like him you know and it's it's unfortunate that way but that's the world that we live in
0: yeah it would have been nice for him to address something i mean and you can still address major issues in society without having social media having that platform especially if you're an athlete and are looked up to or an ambassador of your game or are an ambassador of a political stance that you you fully believe in right yeah um I, I just sometimes think social media is is a real, real double-edged sword in that way and that as Canucks fans, we sometimes hold people too close to the fire um, a little too quickly. We, yeah. all, we all learn and grow, man, right? Yeah. And this team is young, and these guys are going to learn and grow as well. But about Canucks Twitter, about
1: Canucks fans, about the reporters in Canuck land—
0: we are overall really great, right? I agree. We are I, I do I do think that. like I mean, the reporting is fantastic. nine times out of ten, I believe it's fantastic, right and and it just shows the passion of the fans and of the city that everybody is that um kind of all over it, jumping all over it. I mean look at how many podcasts are out there now, right? Uh, you and I started this podcast, I think in a year we're probably, You know, 30 other people started Canucks podcast too. Like, we're all pumped. We're all passionate to to be talking about Canucks. And I think it's a good community overall. I'm just saying, like, there are pitfalls to to some of this stuff. And we all need to give ourselves a bit of a head check once in a while or put our phones down and say, you know, like, is this worth going after somebody? Or is this worth perpetuating uh, maybe something that isn't confirmed in a time where they should the team should be focusing on something else right now right
1: yeah and the playoffs are about to start here yeah. and we've already talked about whether we think it should happen or not it's going to happen um are we all going to pull together and be on this team we are going to right
0: absolutely right? why wouldn't you be exactly I, like i'm so excited for this team man like this team has got me so pumped to watch try and make a run I haven't been this excited for the playoffs like basically since like 2007, 2008, you know? And I actually like the like the nucleus of this team more than I did that team, you know? That team carved an identity for themselves by the time we got to probably 2009, mm-hmm. that Canucks team, and they were awesome and they were so fun to watch and you know, they're one of the best Canucks teams ever, yeah. clearly. Yeah. But there's something about this team that they have already a bit of a scrappy identity and our goaltending is just fantastic. That's the one plus of this whole COVID, uh, break pandemic thing is we're going to have a healthy Markstrom, man. And it was looking dire. Like when he went down, I was just like, that could be the season dude. And to have him going into the playoffs, I'm so excited for. That guy can steal us a series. He can, right?
1: Yeah, I, I truly believe that. I think. Uh, I think a lot of people think that uh, he was one of the best goalies this year, even though he probably won't get a, a nom for the Vesna. But he, I think he should be. Do you think he, he was the Canucks MVP this year? I know there was absolutely, some chatter absolutely, chatter. without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Hundred so percent. Yeah, I mean, the the numbers show that Patterson obviously is well, J T. Miller as well, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. As
0: as far as MVPs go, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Patterson for the star for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I,
1: yeah, and the fact that we get to have him here at the end. Uh, <laughs> I know we're going backwards a little bit, but like people, and here we are, because we're going to talk about the first round playoff series or the play in round, whatever they're calling it, the best of five. Uh, people were talking about like, would you, because of the way the draft status is set up with Lafrenier yeah, and the fact that that top slot's
0: open? Yeah, like, I if don't the Canu- give a shit about yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I know. I, there, there are people who are now, I don't I know, know, there's portions of uh, Canucks fans who. You know, wouldn't mind seeing the Canucks lose and get a chance at that Lafreniere.
0: What about you? Do you want to see that happen, Art? No, I don't. No, I'd love to have a like this team has been busting though. its ass <laughs> yeah. as it's been building over the last few years to try and get it into a position where they are in now. Let's see what they can do, yeah. right? Let's, as fans, cheer them on and see what they can do. Don't cheer them against them at this point. You know, you're cheering it against them maybe when they had friggin'. Uh, What's his nuts there, uh, buddy? Who when Willie Dar- Desjardins kept deploying fourth liners on the first line in the last three minutes of the game? Yeah, you know that's when people were cheering against him, and that that was okay. I was still cheering for him. Yeah, I can't yeah. even remember the guy's name now. Uh. You mean the GM or the No, the no, the players. Magna, Jason yeah, Magna. Yeah, Jason Magna and yeah. Michael Chapoo. Michael Shapu, yeah. That's who I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're rusty here. Yeah, we're extent. a little rusty. Here we are. Uh, it's, it's been a long time since we mentioned Jason Magna <laughs> or Michael Shapu. We don't have to anymore. Yeah.
1: I think that's what is exciting. I, so. Exactly. Yeah. And so let's talk about the play-in matchup. Minnesota, what do you think, man? Like, is that, that's, a, for me, it is a tough I mean, they are all good. They were all going to be tough, but I feel like Minnesota, we don't match up well against Minnesota.
0: I'm scared of Eric Stahl. Yeah? I've always been scared of Eric Stahl. The veterans, the yeah. grizzled old veterans. The grizzled, the old grizzled veteran. veterans. Like, well, him and Zuccarello, right? And uh, Parise. Yeah. Those guys are like, they're older, but
1: they know what to do in the playoffs, right? And then...
0: Um their I still think we can good. beat them. Canucks have a better offense. We have better goaltending. The one place where they're deeper than we are is probably on the back end. I'm worried about Greenway. like Jordan Greenway? Ru- yeah,
1: running over our defense. Honestly, I am worried
0: I'm about not that. worried about that. Really? No, I'm fine. The, the, the biggest key to success with the Canucks, um, because we can keep up with anybody on the sheet yeah. for scoring goals, and our goalie is one of the best goalies in the league, and if he's healthy – we should be okay against this Minnesota team. But guys like Edler and guys like Tanev need to be healthy and playing at their best. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to have a night in, night out, 100% effort from those two guys. And I think we'll be okay. I think we can beat them.
1: I, I know you do. I know you think that. You would think that even if the Canucks
0: weren't good enough to beat them. Well, do you think we're good enough to beat them? I do think we're good enough. Do you to think beat we're going to beat them? Um,. He doesn't want to make that prediction. We're gonna be stalling. <laughs>
1: he's on the fence. <laughs> he's on the fence. No, I'm gonna make the prediction that
0: we are gonna win this series. Oh, what are you gonna score it at? A little sweepy boy or? Uh, uh, I'll give. I'll give. You think it's gonna go five? I'll give him one game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll give. I'll give the wild one game. Three. three one. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, and, and if Markstrom is, you know, anything, Anywhere near as good as he was, it could be a sweep.
0: Don't forget, man, Toffoli and Pearson are going to add some really, really good playoff experience on that front end. Our top six is deadly, man. If those guys are all healthy, that's a deadly, deadly top six. And even some of the guys in our bottom six are going to probably make a little bit of noise. I can't wait to see Vertanen play playoff hockey. Right. I can't wait.
1: Uh, Adam Gaudet as right. well. He's going to be shot out of a can. Antoine
0: Roussel, hopefully yeah. he's not uh, too much of a liability out there. Yeah. Right? And then Beagle, like, if he plays even remotely any, any way like he did when Washington went to the finals against Vegas— I'm so excited because that guy I thought was one of the best capitals on that team in that in that final series against the Knights.
1: If there's any injuries on the back end, though, that could be it. Like, our, We're still yeah. pretty thin back the there. Back,
0: the back end needs to hold up its end of the bargain for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I, and Tyler Myers, he's a guy that was brought in to be a steady hand here, like a veteran steady hand. D- do you feel like we've gotten our money's worth with that guy so far?
0: I think he's been up and down. There's been games where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a really good game for him. And then there's other times I've been like, eh. You know what? I, I like what he brings offensively to the team, and that's what we needed to start fixing. He hasn't gotten hurt. Right? That's nice. This this season, we needed to get more push from the back end to get up the ice and get shots and all that sort of stuff. Myers in his own end sometimes can be pretty scary to watch. You know, sometimes. He extends himself out with, like, a long poke check or tries to get into his, his stick in a lane and gets danced. That's never good looking. But
1: Quinn Hughes said that uh he also needed this break because he was feel- and you know, he had gotten a little bit nicked up there near the end of the season. Uh could we have even more of a coming out period with him? Like I feel like he's ready to make a difference already, right? Well, let's be honest, and he man, and he like... can
0: he can hide a lot of deficiencies from our at back his, end. At his age, he should be improving continually. Yeah, of course. If, and, I mean, yeah. he's got the NHL mindset. Look at the pedigree of his family, where he comes from. Mm-hmm. He wants to improve. Yeah. He wants to continually get better. All these guys, I believe, want to continually get better, right? Brock Besser wants to continually be get better. I mean, uh, like Green th- the other day was like Brock Besser was, you know, very noticeable out there when he came back. Maybe he had a chip on his shoulder against all this stuff that's coming out. I, I love the one quote from Benning saying, who's the player that stood out to you or whatever? And he's like, Brock yeah.
1: I'm like, you can't make this stuff up.
0: Yeah. After all this talk about him getting oh, shipped speaking out. of can't making stuff up, like Judd Brackett going to Minnesota? Oh, like, yeah. What a bizarre turn of events. Yeah. This whole thing has, like, Canuck juju all over it. Yeah. Right? Brock being a Minnesota guy, too. Uh, and all this sort of stuff, but I think we'll be alright Yeah uh, Hey, we're not playing Andrew Burnett and Wes Walls here Thank God Right?
1: Marion Capric <laughs> uh, Really, we were playing Jacques Lemaire Yeah right? That's who we the were playing The most
0: boring hockey on the face of this planet, man Well, let's be honest This iteration of the Minnesota Wild Doesn't exactly light your hair on fire either no, but I mean that that deep, that back end has got some pieces, and like you said, right. Jordan Greenway is a pretty fun young player to he is. watch. Yes, yeah. Right, Matt Dumba is a fun player to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean you're Spurgeon,
1: right. Spurgeon, he's good too back yeah. there. Yeah, and so they still got that suitor guy who's pretty good. Uh, they they have just enough to scare me, right? And they have enough experience to scare me as well. Uh, so one a couple of news in, uh that has a deal with the Canucks uh, today. Uh, Jack Rathbone was signed yep. yesterday. Like that's a big win for this team. Like he is the Canucks' top defensive prospect now that Quinn Hughes. I don't consider him a prospect anymore. Yeah, and I, you can't
0: team. you can't consider you Levy a prospect anymore yeah. at this point either.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Rathbone. What do you know about this guy? Because I like I, I told you I don't know a lot about our. Prospect, hell of a skater, good at moving the puck, got a Con- heavy shot, continually I've
0: heard improving year on year on year when he was playing in Harvard, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm pumped to see what he can do. Um, and the fact he's definitely hopped up the list, you know, like uh, even a season ago, people weren't saying Jack Rathbone is the number one Canucks defensive prospect. He was a fourth round pick. Yeah,
1: everybody was scared that he was going to leave, but the Canucks have been doing a pretty good job with these. You know, these these NC it, col- these college. Oh, players, and this right?
0: is this is the thing too, man, is like when you're trying to cultivate like a new team and bring in all these young guys, why would you even rumor trading a guy like Besser? <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean that that sours the whole mentality of what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you're only gonna be valuable to us until we see more value in you. From somebody else, even though we're cultivating like This young team, this young nucleus Culture, you, you don't think losing him Would piss off a guy like Horvat Patterson, Stetcher, all these Young guys who came in, who bought Into what this team The potential for what this team could be Well, Petey and Brock are like best friends Yeah, I, and that's what I'm saying Like, you know. and, and I think that's probably a, a, a factor Into signing a guy like Rathbone too Right?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point College route there Yeah uh, d- about defenseman Quinn Hughes a finalist for the Calder Trophy this year. As he, he should be. Yeah, he led the NHL in assists, NHL rookies in assists with 45 and points with 53 in 68 games. He also led rookies in power play points with 25. He also averaged 21 uh just under 22 minutes of ice time per game, which was uh second. This is why among he should defensemen. beat McCar though, right? Like this yeah, is why so, he should
0: beat McCar in this because the guy quarterbacked our power play. He took it over like mid, not even mid-season, like a a third into the season, right? And he's on a worse team. Like the Avalanche, a lot of people consider to be a powerhouse at the beginning of this season. Makar got hurt. Fair. Right? He missed some games. Fair.
1: So Makar led rookie defensemen in goals. Yeah. Power play goals. Even strength goals. Yeah. He was second to Hughes among all rookies in assists with yeah. 38. Uh, he scored four game-winning goals. Yeah. Had a plus-12 rating. Yeah. Thir- and uh, he-, he played 21 minutes, which is third. Um he had a hell of a season. And, every, meets, and when he he meets, he meets the eye test too, right? Who, that's, oh, they're that's both what, fantastic yeah, players. Yeah. There's
0: no two, two yeah. ways about that. Yeah. But I think what it boils down to in this argument with me, which it's not going to boil down to with a lot of other sports writers mm-hmm. that get to vote on this stuff because half of them don't even stay up late enough to watch Canucks games, is um, I believe it's who mattered more to their team and who has the better team. Right, I think the Avs right now are a better team, and they have players that don't matter to the, that matter to them more than Makar. I think to the Canucks on the back end, Hughes matters the most by far to this team right now and moving forward. He makes this team so much better than they would be on the back end without him.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's that's where I'm coming from.
1: Uh, like. <sighs> It's so tough with these, with these, uh, giving out these awards, especially with these two players. They're so neck and neck. I get the feeling that McCarr is going to get it, don't you? I do. I do too. Oh, yeah. But hey,
0: man, if you have three years straight where the Canucks have yep. uh rookie of the year finalist, you know, between two guys, and like, you're doing something right. You're not doing, you're not farming it here.
1: So he would be the third Canucks player. To win the award in franchise history and the second straight, which of course would follow Elias Pettersson yeah. from last year, no team has had consecutive players win the Calder since Bobby Orr and Derek Sanderson did it with the Boston Bruins in 1966, Talk about a 1967. Good yeah. Um, and Rich Brown, our contributor to the podcast from Vancouver, he he had that great stat because Brock Besser was in the running for it. Yeah. 3 years ago. Yeah. It's the first time since like the 40s or something that that the Toronto Maple Leafs had three players in the running for the the rookie of the year. Yeah. in 3 years in a row. Crazy, right? Yeah. It's amazing and yeah. it's it's exciting. Why would you want to blow that up? <laughs> Why would you? Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um and we can we can break down this uh this first round playoff series more but Listen, we've been off for so long What, like, I want to I want to address that During this pandemic time My hair got longer That's about the biggest yeah, thing that's Yeah, Art's got changed a Devin
0: Sawa haircut right now A Devin Sawa? Devin Sawa, yeah What's that? I don't know who that is You, Oh, you're a heartthrob, buddy <laughs> Google some pictures You kind of got like a Brendan Fraser part going as well Yeah, yeah. I've gotten,
1: uh, I think the best compliment I've got was uh, Leo DiCaprio, a little bit in Titanic Sure, I'm like I don't know about that. <laughs> Although his haircut was awful in that movie, so yeah. it's not really that much of a a compliment. Uh, Art, kid- can you draw me like one of your French girls? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants me drawing anything.
0: <laughs> uh, K- Caleb Kirby, where have you been during this pandemic? Art, what about your cat news? You've done more than just grown your hair long. But this isn't just all about me. I know. But I also you're got talking a kitty. About, yeah. I also got a kitty.
1: Uh. little kitten named her kobe bean which caleb kirby is not a fan of the name apparently uh but she's cute she's a little monster she is all over the place and i hopefully she doesn't grow into a shitty cat that's what i'm hoping for caleb kirby thinks all cats are shitty though that's
0: (laughs) not true i'm allergic to most cats some of the long hair ones i'm not allergic to Mm -hmm. and i like those cats It's just, it's hard to enjoy a cat's company when you're constantly sneezing. Of course. Right? Yeah. Do you actually not like cats, or you just don't like that you're allergic to cats? I hate the fact that I'm allergic to cats. Are you serious? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, like, some cats are assholes, but there's, it's mostly people who own animals that turn these animals into monsters. Oh. Right? Will Art Aronson turn
1: his little monster into a bigger monster?
0: Yeah. Well, you are an enabler.
1: I am a bit of an enabler.
0: Yeah. Um, another thing that you and I have done like this podcast. Together, I enable you, Caleb. Yeah. Sorry. One thing that Art and I have gone together. We're both uh, rollerblading these days. Yeah, this yeah. is true. This is true. A lot of
1: NHL players also rollerblading during the pandemic. Yeah. that was an interesting time, I tell you. Uh, how, how the because Caleb bought new blades actually. I did. You I know? bought new
0: blades. I bought the road ones too. I was almost. Mm. I was thinking about buying the hockey boot. Right? Because they're easier to maneuver around, and the, uh, the chassis on them are quite a bit shorter and stuff like that. But uh, my old man feet wanted some comfort. So that's why I bought uh, like a traditional road style rollerblade. And the, the ones I ended up going with are heavy. Right, so hopefully that'll give me a bit of a workout at the same time, kind of lighten up my feet when I get back on the ice. And
1: Caleb can wheel like this guy knows how to play hockey. I'll tell you that right now, guys. And I, ju- I, I just heard last week breaking news that your season's been canceled. Yeah, like- my
0: season's been canceled. I honestly I, it, I'm kind of okay with it because I did lose a bit of a step out there this last season after I hurt my knee, um, and I just want to get better. So that's what the blades are for, and we got to continue to do those skates around the city because it's a beautiful city and now that summer's here we might as well get on her. I wouldn't mind playing some roller hockey out there. Yeah, well, yeah, right? we could do that too. Yeah. Um
1: do you want to talk a little bit about what you've watched over this pandemic? Like we 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 didn't really get a chance to talk about, you know, The Last Dance and I know we would have been able to talk about that on this
0: podcast. Yeah, well, what's we, the best thing you watched during the pandemic, Caleb? The best thing I watched? Yeah. The last, I mean, we're still in it. The but... Last Answer documentary was up there for sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, I enjoyed Tiger King like the rest of the world did. Yeah. Um. I watched this really cool um, fictional series about smuggling drugs from basically Mexico to Italy called Zero Zero Zero.
1: And it's a fictional series? Yeah. It's, okay.
0: it's on Amazon. And uh, there's only eight episodes, but man, it had me. Like. They, they speak you know Spanish, they speak English and Italian through it. and there's like these three different families and one of them is an exporter and one of them is an importer and then the other one basically facilitates the transport of like, I think it was like 50 kilos of cocaine or 5,000 5, kilos. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Five tons of cocaine um, in like a shipping container on this route. And everything just you know everything just goes crazy. And uh, the cinematography in that show and the soundtrack in that show, I, like it, there was times where I just watched it and I was on edge. I was like, "Man, this is crazy good um, for for a new series, kind of like a mini series." I don't know if they'll do another season, but uh, you yeah, watched I that really movie. You
1: watched that movie as well with uh, Anna de Armas and the guy who plays Pablo Escobar.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I watched that. That was all right. Yeah. Yeah, I cool. mean. What was it that called? A cr- that's a that's a true story. I got right? a crush on Anna, right? So yeah. I decided to give that a watch. It's called Sergio. Oh, it's Sergio. about the uh, the guy who worked for the UN. He was like the president of the UN during a couple of like diplomatic crises. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you watch Knives Out as well. He was yeah. He got caught in a bombing, unfortunately. Yeah. I watched Knives Out. Thought that was good as well. Yeah. I'm I mean, enormous. few few movies and stuff but yeah those are the ones that kind of jump out at me really
1: mm-hmm. Arts Worthless Reviews uh, watched uh, some shitty TV over the pandemic if you were wondering uh, Too Hot to Handle was one oh. thing I watched uh, Tiger King which I thought was shitty TV as well I enjoyed it though like everybody else um, I started watching Animal Kingdom I don't think it's that good either uh, I, I wish I would spend my time watching better shows Yeah, I really wish I did
0: well, yeah. Uh,
1: the Last Dance is one of the best documentaries. Obviously, it was right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. That was maybe the best thing I've watched. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I've been doing with my time during the pandemic. Uh, hockey's coming back, though. We're going to talk wanna, about that.
0: You want to hear about the weirdest thing I got into during yes. this? Yes, please. I got into bird watching a little bit. Wow. this Just is getting outside and... Following the swallows is that, around. Is that what we're calling it these doc, doc, days? Bird watching? Documenting, like, all the different birds I've seen in this area. Oh, actual birds. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Legit, like, yeah. Cedar wax wings art, you know? Like, uh, it was – I live pretty close to a lake. So, I mean, I get to see uh, a lot of interesting uh, fauna kind of wander through my yard. That's putting it lightly. He lives on the lake. Yeah. He actually lives on the lake. <laughs> Renting. <laughs> Let's let's preface it with that. Well, well we're, yeah, we're also
1: thirty-somethings in this economy. Of course, very, we're renting. It's
0: very, it's very, it's been very nice and very serene to to get out into nature and be able to kind of get into a hobby like that. I think it's kind of like helped me with certain stresses and stuff. And yeah, I've enjoyed it immensely. You should try it, Art. We'll go. Uh, we'll get watching. some binos and check out some birds. Uh, why not? Caleb Kirby
1: yeah. if you if you saw where Caleb Kirby lived you would be yeah okay I get it he's watching nature because it's uh, it's really gorgeous um, that's all I got for right now good yeah uh, Caleb Kirby where can we find you on the internet
0: at curbman 23 on Twitter you can also find us at between the s- between the s on Twitter if you want to email us you can email us at between the stammers at gmail.com art where are you at? Uh, at Art Aronson on all social media platforms. Uh, it's good to see you. It's good to see you too.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's great to uh, talk to whatever audience that we have, the one or two people that listen to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, now let's
0: get cheering on this Canucks team here. They're going to need our support, right? So yeah.
1: I think next week maybe we'll talk about the matchups. Uh, yeah. Like not just the Canucks but like the rest of the league because yeah.
0: there's, some, there's
1: some tasty ones there. Maybe give our predictions on. Uh, I like that Blackhawks
0: Oilers matchup. I'm I telling do you,
1: too. Oh, here's one thing that I've done. I should have. I should have I, I mentioned this earlier. I, I and I'm a nerd. This part. This is part of me as a nerd. I I watched the entire 1994 run, of the Canucks 1994 run. oh boy. Yeah, I went back, and you can find just about every game on YouTube, man. Uh, and it's. It's crazy how much the game has changed since then. And just a couple of notes on the Canucks. That team was so nasty. Big down. Big, big, big down the middle. Like, their smallest player, Cliff Ronning, was also, like, their one of their most skilled players. One of the best faceoff men. God, that guy was so good in that playoff run, man. I and mean, he doesn't get as much love as I think he should get. I agree. Like, he's one of the greatest players in Canuck history. And you know what? He... He's one of the most skilled players to ever play for the Canucks, wouldn't you yeah, say? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh I was like he was so good in the final two against the Rangers.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with all that. And you know what? Maybe I'll get back on that uh that ninety four binge watch because I remember watching that with my dad and that's some yeah. of the best memories I think I've ever had of being a Canucks fan and also some of the best memories I have of my dad, man. Like yeah. that, that run was so special because they, they kind of felt like a bit of a team of misfits that um, didn't necessarily deserve to be there, but they, they sure played like they did.
1: Oh my God. Down the middle, they had uh, obviously Linden. They had Memeso who was a fucking Rick. Yeah. Oh my God! The Rangers hated him. The Rangers
0: broadcast
1: hated him. That's yeah. one thing I really, I really heard. The MSG he just, podcast. He just opened a
0: restaurant called Mamesos in uh, Quebec, I believe. Oh really? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Murray Craven or Sergio's?
0: I can't remember.
1: Murray Craven. Murray Craven. Man, yeah. that guy—he was good too. I, I like, and and obviously, like that team wasn't like. Besides Burray and Ronnie, there wasn't a lot of like skill on that team. Jeff Cortnell kind of pissed me off. He's a great player, and he, like, scored timely goals and stuff. But, boy, would he give up the puck a lot Good in like Victoria terrible – te- yeah, yeah. Uh, You know what? I uh, My Jeff Cortnall story, I was out uh, fishing. Uh, we had hired a guide. My couple of uncles had come up from uh, the United States, and they wanted to go fishing. Yeah. And so we hired a guide to take us out in a boat, and lo and behold, he was friends with the Cortnalls, and they came by us in a boat. And it was—I uh, don't know if Russ was there, but Jeff was definitely there. Yeah. Hmm. So, and, uh, I know, and I know, I J- know uh, Jeff is seen frequently at, um, uh, at the uh, the fishing store, the Outfitters. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I've seen him. Uh, I've actually seen him be playing around when I show up at the rink every once in a while. Yeah. His team's got a hot dog spinner and a guy who lays out their jerseys and the k- fresh beers, and they got uh, music between face-offs and all sorts of that when they're playing rec league. So. You know, if you if you uh, play hockey, you'll probably see his team around town at some point in Victoria.
1: Yeah, to see Greg Adams as well, who was a beast, yeah. uh, and him and Courtney, like the local boys on that team, like that's that's really cool stuff. Go, going back to watch that, I I had a ball watching all those games and uh, the the murder that they allowed players to get away with on the ice, man. Yeah. I, I mean, Burray was like. He had three guys on him the entire playoff run. There were three guys around That's him. That's why I
0: started throwing elbows. That's right. He didn't want to take it
1: anymore. Didn't want to take it anymore. All right, sorry. I kind of got off point there. We were trying to end this thing. But, hey, we're rusty, right? We're rusty. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, hopefully next week, hey, Aker.
0: couple of trombonists here <laughs> right. yeah we're rust, rusty r- trombonist <laughs> rusty trombonists.
1: we're also in a weird studio right yeah. now too so I, know, I
0: can't even look art in the eye yeah it's too bad all right. it's alright we'll, we'll get back in the new one next week yeah yeah see you next week